This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Welcome to the Paul Gallant Show. Surprise, surprise. No Paul Gallant. You're dealing with me today, Michael Bumpus. This is the most interactive sports talk show in all of the land. So I'm going to need you guys to participate today. How's everybody doing? We're going to start off with the question of the day. Let's talk about this, guys. Did the way the M's lost the game take away from the excitement of the Jared Kellenick and Logan Gilbert debut? Did that take away any of the spark, any of the spunk, anything that you were looking for? I'll give you my answer to that question. No, it didn't. Did I really expect Jared Kellenick to come out here and go three for four, hit a bomb? Would have been nice. Did I expect Logan Gilbert to come out there and be dominant on the mound, have a no-hitter through eight like the Tribe did? Would have been nice. But we all know they play, what, 162 games in the majors for a reason. It's about longevity. It's about development, especially with these two young guys. They're going to have – Logan Gilbert's going to have a lot more starts. Kellnick's going to have a lot more plate appearances, and they have to learn. I was talking to Danny Gallant – I mean, Danny Gallant (laughs) – Danny O'Neill earlier, and I'm like – Man, baseball is based on failure. 30% at the plate, and you are a Hall of Famer. And we expect young players to fail even more early. That's why you bring them up. That's why they go through single A, double A, triple A. You bring them up to the show, and you just see what they got. You see how quickly they can develop. You see if they're going to be the right guys to lead the charge. But I was actually encouraged by what I saw last night from Kellenick and from Logan Gilbert, and I'll tell you why. Logan Gilbert has the meanest face I've seen in a while when it comes to a pitcher on the mound. I don't know what's going through that guy's head, but he looks like he's intense, he's focused, and that's what I want out of a pitcher. No matter what happens, he he got taken yard two times yesterday, and I looked at his body language and his face, and nothing changed in that young man. Once he settled down, started throwing some breaking balls, throwing some strikes, struck out five guys, he looked like he belonged. Now, if he was out there and he looked confused, he looked he looked flustered, he looked rattled, I'd be a bit concerned, but that's not what I saw out of the kid. You never know what's happening what's happening internally when it comes to athletes, but I feel like there are certain positions in sports to where you got to be stone cold. You got to be even killed most of the time, and pitcher is one of those positions. Now, when it comes to Jared Kellenick, I like it. What the kid do? Very first pitch, man, he jumped on it, almost got a base hit. Uh, went out of play, defender for the tribe, ended up making a play. There was a fan that could have done more to help Jared Kellenick, though. A guy in a blue shirt, he was holding his cell phone, didn't really make a play on the ball. At that point, as a fan, you guys must be in the situation with the team. You know this is Jared Kellenick. This is why you are here. You're here to see this young man. Okay, that ball, once it crosses the plane and it goes out of bounds or out of play, you got to make a play on that. You become a member of the Mariners organization. So I need a little bit more out of that fan who could have made a play. Maura Dooley, if you are that fan, are you trying to make a play on that ball or are you just moving out the way? I mean, I like to think that I am, but I worry that I might embarrass myself and end up on SportsCenter. Center. <laughs> <laughs> All, all I need is effort, you know? All I need is effort. You yes, cannot coach I would coach try. Effort. If that's what you're asking, of course, yes. Boom. He said he would try. Oh, she, excuse me. Morris said she would try. <laughs> so now I talked about Logan Gilbert and, and his demeanor and how he approached this game. There's a cut. Um, Logan Gilbert talks about uh, the first inning. Let's play that cut. Yeah, help me settle in a little bit of 
first inning, honestly, it was kind of like a whirlwind. Uh, I, I don't even remember it that well, honestly, but it was nice just to uh, fill it up with fastballs and get some early contact and uh, help me, like you said, just know that I belong and uh, kind of settle in a little bit. He settled down. And I thought of when he gave up that first home run. It reminded me of my very first play in the NFL, my very first play in varsity football or at Washington State. That first play, I just want some contact. I just wanted to go in. I wanted to hit somebody. I wanted to block somebody. I wanted to fill the game. Once I got that out the way, I'm like, all right, I can just play some ball now. I'm thinking that's what Logan Gilbert felt. It's like, all right, I got it out the way. It went yard on me. Okay, now I can just play. Now I just want to get the ball over to play, throw some fastballs, and just build some confidence. That's what I saw out of that guy. So now we got Logan Gilbert's perspective when it comes to his first inning. Let's hear Jerry Kelnick talk about his first at-bat. Oh, we've got his actual first at bat, and then we have him pregame talking about what he's going right, to so do if he gets a, a good pitch. Let's let's hear his first at bat. First pitch on the way to Kelnick. Here she comes, swung on and a fly ball down the right field line on the run. Josh Naylor reaches out and does he make the catch? He goes tumbling into the seats and he makes the catch down the right field line where the seats angle out toward the line. Josh Naylor. Makes an incredible catch on a fly ball off the bat of Jared Kelnick in his Major League debut. Naylor goes tumbling over his belly into the front row of seats, and he makes an unbelievable catch. One away for the Mariners here in the bottom of the first. Hey, Jared, welcome to the big leagues. Jared, welcome to the big leagues. The defender made a great play over there. He could have gotten some help by the fans, but what I like about it is just his aggressiveness. He wasn't timid. He didn't sit back and wait and look at a couple of strikes. He goes, look, I see a pitch that I like. I'm going to swing in that thing. I'm going to get the barrel of the bat on the ball, make some contact, and hopefully something happens. I like his mental approach. Speaking of his mental approach, I think you guys are going to like this clip. We got a clip of Jared Kellenick talking about um, what he's going to do, that pregame talk. Let's hear that. If he throws me a cookie, I got to be ready to hit it. So when I step in the box, I got to be ready to hit right away. <laughs> <laughs> throws me it. a cookie. You, man, how can you not like this guy? More, more duly, how, when's the last time since you've been in Seattle, have you had a or seen or heard a Seattle athlete just with the confidence and the swag that this young man has? Definitely in baseball. It's, it's really rare. It's almost um, like it's frowned upon which I don't understand why, but I love it. And I am I think that the Mariners do too because, you know, Jerry DePoto kind of told us that they want to mold the the team and the the path that they want to take around his personality and his swagger. We got a clip for that, don't we? Let's play that. We do. That was from yesterday on Danny and Gallant. You know, we, we were trying to be open-minded to, to all of the different effects of this season and not be linked to just what's most obvious. And – you know, like I said, I, I laughed out loud when his first at bat against the lefty in, in Tacoma hit a home run. <laughs> yeah. it, it's it, it's appropriate to to the individual. He he accepts every challenge. I, he is uh, he he has a definite swagger to him when he walks into a ballpark, and we think that's going to really help us develop. You know, whatever personality this group of players is going to have as we evolve toward a contender. I love it. Bring that swag. Bring that demeanor. That's what got Jared Kelenic here. 
Why stop now? That's why he's been so successful when it comes to baseball is because he believes in himself and he backs it up. Yes, he didn't get a hit yesterday, but I would assume tonight is going to be the night. He is going to get it done. There's no way this young man will be denied. And that stuff is contagious. You have a team full of young players. You got a guy who was one of the top prospects in the MLB. He is finally here. Everyone's been anticipating this. Do not change who you are, Jared Kelenic. This is what got you here. You must keep that in you. And you have the support of the Mariners. It's not like Jerry DePoto is sitting there saying, oh, we got to be humble. This guy does too much. He embraces it. He loves it. He likes the fact that he laughed after he hit a bomb. That means this kid is locked in. He's in the game and he's playing with confidence. Once you lose confidence as an athlete, it is a wrap. Never lose your confidence, young man. I like it. All right. Now, where are we going? It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Kings Heating and Air. All right, I um, I didn't do something as a producer, Bump. I didn't let you know that we actually are going to give away another four-pack of tickets this hour. So Ooh. let me get to that. Stay tuned to 710 ESPN Seattle all day long as we're giving away a four-pack of Mariner tickets in every show today. Listen for the cue to call, and you could win four tickets to the May 19th Mariners game at T-Mobile Park. Don't forget, for this three-game series against the Tigers, each game will be totally awesome when the first 3,000 fans, 21 and over, will score a Mariners tote bag. Secure your seats today at Mariners.com. So we'll have that coming up here a little later in the show. Let's go. Let's get it. All right, now that we have that out of the way, um, because I know that... People are more excited for us to actually give them away. They don't care that I'm teasing it. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Gotta wait. Uh, Seahawks rookie minicamp is going on this weekend, Bump. I know that you will be out there. What or who are you looking forward to seeing most? I am going to be out there, yes. And what am I looking forward to seeing? I just want to see... Again, I talked about the body language of Logan Gilbert. I want to see the body language of these rookies. Are they confident? You have to be an alpha to be in any type of profession. But sometimes you come in and you're timid because you just don't know what you're getting into. So I'm looking to see the mental and physical approach of all these rookies out there. And then I'm looking at my guy, Eskridge. I want to see what he does. Is he still that fast guy that I saw on film out of Western Michigan? Is he going to show flashes and go up top and catch a football? I just want him to be exactly who he was in college. Just like I talked about, excuse me, Jared Kellenick bringing that same type of swagger and demeanor. Estrus has to bring the same type of fire and fight that I saw on film when I watched him. Same thing with Trey Brown. Guys, 5'9", 5'10", 185 pounds. Not your typical corner that Pete Carroll goes after, but he saw something in him. He saw a twitch. I want to see that twitch. I want to see him break on the football. I just want to see bodies flying around. I'm just glad I'm going to watch some football, Dooley. I know I'm jealous. I don't know how uh, training camp and everything's going to work this year. I hope that we get to go watch some of it, but I'm jealous that you'll be out at VMAC overlooking the water watching some football this weekend. (laughs) That sounds nice. I will be your ears and eyes out there, Dooley. I got you. Thank you. Well, yeah, and you're back uh, Monday, Tuesday because Paul Gallant is still out. So we will get all the latest then. Yes, we will. What else we got? All right. The Pac-12 hired a new commissioner yesterday. And everyone kind of collectively said, who? <laughs> uh, it's MGM Resorts executive George Klievkoff. And uh, he will be replacing Larry Scott. What do you think? I think at this point, almost anyone's better than Larry Scott. But George, I have to look up George. I'm all right. What, what did George do? MGM Resorts, 
international president of entertainment and sports, and he was an athlete in college. This move just makes me think that the Pac-12 is more concerned about getting their brand out there, getting their name out there. You go with a guy who worked for MGM. Yes, he was in the sports and entertainment industry. So that tells me he's going to do a great job of getting the Pac-12 brand out there. And maybe that's that's a way that that we can go. More notoriety. Getting um getting these players paid in California who can get paid for their likeness. But can't can't we just go conventional and just get a guy who who's done this before, who's been an AD, who's been in that administrative role? I don't understand the the thinking of the board or whoever hired this guy. If they are focusing on the entertainment part of it, the branding part of it, then this makes sense. But shouldn't it be more about just the quality of play, the quality of sports, how life is for an athlete in the Pac-12? I'm I'm not a, I'm not super excited by it, but I'm also just glad that there's someone else leading the way. What do you think, Moore? Yeah, I think uh, change has been needing to happen for a while now, and it sounds like he, you know, he did some good things with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, at least he does have. I know he doesn't have really a lot of. He doesn't have, I guess, any college experience, right? <laughs> but at least there is some background there. It kind of sounds more like they care a bit more about the marketing side of things, and you know, they they do need to get the Pac-12 some more notoriety. So hopefully, he can help do that. Maybe that'll help with recruiting. I know that down in Arizona, the Hoop Squad has got the number one international basketball prospect in the world. So that's a plus. I remember back in the day when SE football was hot. Cal Berkeley was hot. Wazoo was hot in the early 2000s. How do we get back to that? Do we get back to that with a guy who is going to focus on branding and entertainment and kind of getting getting the name out there? Maybe. I don't know. It's all about recruiting. It's all about the players. How do you get players to go to these schools we shall see. I'm just glad there was a move that's made. He'll be there for five years. So I'll give him a year before we really start complaining about him. Let's give <laughs> cut this guy some slack. All right. Just remind you, this hour of the Paul Galant Show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. Now it's time for you to be heard, the fans, the people. Talk to me. Your Call voice. In. Your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 1015 with Paul Galant. Be heard. Time to be heard. Holler at me. Let's talk about this. You can call in at 206-421-3776. Remember the question of the day. Were you discouraged? Or did 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 the way the Mariners lost distract you from the excitement of having Jared Kellenick and Logan Gilbert pulled up? Me? No, it didn't. I loved it. It doesn't. I understand what I was seeing last night. I understand that we were seeing a transition. We're seeing true development happen before our very eyes. If you thought Logan Gilbert and Jared Kellenick were just going to show up and save the day, you were sadly mistaken. They will eventually. They will be guys that they lean on. But as of now, I'm like, look, man, I just want to see these guys develop. The The narrative hasn't changed. These guys should be or want to be making playoff a playoff push for 2022. Anything in 2021 is all good. Now we just need Julio. All right, and, I, and I'll give you something else, right? We're never satisfied. We got Logan Gilbert. We got Jared Kellenick. Now I want Julio, Julio Rodriguez. He will be the next guy up. Once that guy is up, then I think we can kind of just settle in and really just watch the show. But, you know, I'm not mad at what I saw last night. It was difficult not having a hit until the eighth inning when JP got on base and then Dillamore brought him in. It seems like that's just what this team does, right? They kind of hang around a little bit, and give you just enough hope to keep you interested. Even in the ninth inning, bases loaded, 
with a chance to win the ball game, and they just didn't get it done. Jared Kelenic, we talked about his swag, his attitude. Do you like that? Logan Gilbert, we talked about his, po- his poker face. Do you like that? Let me know. Let's talk. Let's go to the text lines. What we got? Huh. Linwood, Brian from Linwood, I couldn't believe they had the bases loaded and went out. Uh, it's, it, these, these text messages are jumping. He just couldn't believe they went out like that. Bases were loaded and couldn't believe that the Mariners didn't pull it through. And they've given us reason to believe that they're, gonna, they're capable of pulling such games off like that. Um, as soon as JP got on base, I thought, here we go. Let's get it. Dylan Moore brings in a home run. I'm like, all right, it's starting to happen. The magic is starting to happen. I'm just bummed out that my man Logan didn't get a win on his first appearance. Now, I look back and I, I looked at Randy Johnson. I'm like, all right, man, Randy Johnson, the big unit, 6'10". Let's see what he did his first start. His first start, he gave up two home runs as well, but they won that ball game. So he just needs some run support. There's not enough run support right now. Uh, DePoto talked about that. It's kind of frustrating seeing these guys kind of struggle throughout the game and then try to rally late. It's all about the rally. I love a good rally cap, but what about just starting off quickly? And they have to get the bats going. There was a guy who was that Jeff, I believe it was more duly who, um, who talked about in the Danny Galan show, they go, what do they have to do to get the bats going early? You know what he said? He says, bunt more bunt. Now that reminds me of me when I was in high school, man, I couldn't hit a curveball. It wasn't a fastball. I wasn't touching it. So when I felt like I could not get on base, I ignored every sign and said, you know what? I am just going to bunt, but we got somebody on line one. We got Jeff in Bellevue. What up, Jeff? Hey, how you doing, Michael? I am well, sir. What you got for me? You know, I uh, I just, uh, uh, what they do in that first game, it almost doesn't even matter. It's the excitement, right? Are these guys coming up to play? I was driving in my car, driving my kids to soccer, and I was making them listen. All that work that our kids do, right, yeah. leads up to that one day where, boom, there they are. It was really exciting. And, you know, what happens yesterday or what happens today in, in the long term, it's, uh, it's just a long-term deal they're doing. Jeff, I like the way you think. It is a long-term deal. And let's not, let's not forget, we got to witness a moment. That was their first start in the big show. They were there. They had to have a moment where they ran out into the diamond. They looked around and said, man, I finally made it. Unfortunate, it wasn't with a, a sold-out T-Mobile Park, but fans were still there. But we still got to witness a moment. And if years from now, these guys are the pillars to turning this thing around, for these guys making the playoffs for the first time in 20-plus years, we're going to look back at this moment and say, man, that was awesome. They might not have gotten the result that they wanted, but we got to witness their debuts, which is awesome. Thank you, Jeff. All right, line two, we got Joseph from the TAC. What's up? Not much, but I'm, how about yourself? Man, I'm doing all right. I can't complain. The sun is shining, and I'm talking sports with you, man. What you got for me? Uh, so uh, last night's game was still exciting, you know, the preview of the uh, two young kids. Uh, but if I'm being completely honest, I don't know who the Mariners hitting coach is, but that day is, that, that, that guy's days is seriously <laughs> need to be numbered. I mean, that's the sixth time already the Mariners have gone six-plus innings in a game hitless. Yeah, that, that, that is tough. All right, well, let me ask you this question, Joseph. So these guys are professionals, and, yes, you have a hitting coach. He's, he's responsible for helping these guys get out of their slump. You put more ownership on the coach rather than the player. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, I think it's more of a combination of, of the two. But the hitting coaches, I mean, that, correct me if, I, if, if I'm wrong here, but isn't that not his job? 
<laughs> He's paid I mean, to help these guys hit. You know, if um, on my job, if I'm not doing well, they get someone else. <laughs> just, just saying. Hey, Point Joseph. You speaking the truth, brother. I ain't mad at you. I I am not mad at you. I think another angle I look at is that this is a young team, and they have to have experience at the plate. And where are they? Thirty something games in at this point. Yeah, the I think if if this continues, if we get to like the third quarter of the season and we're and we are still seeing the struggles at the plate, then yeah, you got to look at at the hitting coach. You got to say, all right, man, maybe we break down this philosophy. What are you teaching these guys? What are you telling these guys? I'm not mad at your point of view, Joseph. I appreciate the call, man. All right. Let me ask you guys that question. Text lines. How long do you put up with this? If you are DePoto, you are service, are you putting a lot of ownership on, on the hitting coach? Or are you are you looking at the players and saying, all right, we have to change our approach. We have to change our philosophy because it doesn't seem like these guys just have the green light to swing at whatever they want to. You have to be smart at the plate, obviously. You're not going to um, swing at something high inside and, and out of the zone, of course. you got to be smart with the pitches that, that you, you swing at. But how much ownership goes on this hitting coach? I am interested. You guys let me know. Also, i got another question for you guys. Logan Gilbert has one of the meanest faces I've seen in baseball in a very long time. Would you prefer that your starting pitcher or a pitcher in the rotation show emotion or don't show any emotion at all? Me, I like it. I want him just to be stone cold. I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to hear you screaming and yelling after a strikeout. I don't want to see you all disappointed after you give up a bomb. When that game is over, when that game is over, that's when you show your emotion because at the pitcher spot, man, you touch the ball all day. You are responsible for a lot. You can determine a lot. Now, you need run support, which these guys haven't been getting as of late. But as a pitcher, I like guys just to be stone cold. The 253 says, the hitting coach is telling them what approach they want. This whole staff is garbage. Honestly, goodness gracious, 253. A little aggressive in the morning at two at 1023. Bob, how do you find, because I know you've coached before, they, I, I think their whole mantra and process is you know to control the zone be patient but at the same time you know I know Mike Blowers was talking recently about how Dylan Moore um, did better last year when he was more aggressive early in the count on fastballs Um, service said last night that he liked that Kelnick came out aggressive how do you find as a coach that you balance like getting players to be confident and aggressive but not reckless that is a a tough thing to do, Maura Dooley. I think each player is a bit different, right? You can't tell all your players, okay, everyone be extremely aggressive. I think that you rely on your coaching staff to kind of evaluate players in certain situations and, and see where they thrive and w- what they're good at. And once you can identify that, then you kind of have a game plan for that player. This is the talk that we're going to have for this player. We're all going to talk the same language because the worst thing is when you have five different coaches telling you five different things. So – They have to come together and approach each player individually. Now, you can tell all your guys to be aggressive. Now let's tell them when to be aggressive and how are they going to be aggressive. How do they execute? These coaches got to coach. You have a very young team on your hands. Um, Yeah, so that, that would be my approach. Just be calm, relax, you'll be good. All right, coming up next on the Paul Gallant Show, I'm going into the sports pit with my guy, Dave Wyman. That's coming up next right here on 710 ESPN. It's 1030. 
And that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're going to get your, you're going you're to fail. With Paul Gallant. No Paul Gallant, you got Michael Buffett here. We're going to get into the sports pit. But before we do that, let me remind you, we have the Friday Mariners ticket giveaway execution. Execution. We want to send you to Wednesday's, Wednesday's Mariners game. Call 206-421-3776 or 866-979-3776 in one minute if you're listening on the radio or 30 seconds if you're listening on the stream. We are taking caller number five. Caller number five will win four tickets to see the Mariners host of Detroit Tigers on May 19th. We're giving away a four-pack of tickets in each show today, so stay tuned to 17 ESPN Seattle for your next chance to win. And now I get to talk to my guy, Dave Wyman. What's up, man? Holy smokes. I just heard all that, all that stuff you just did right there. I couldn't do that if I read it off of a paper, piece of paper. <laughs> that was fantastic. You are the man. Dave, Maybe you always, tickets, man. You always show me love, Dave. I appreciate that. But, yeah, you guys call in, man. Win these tickets. Hey, Dave, so you were actually at the stadium yesterday. You are at T-Mobile Park yesterday. Yeah. Um, you got yeah, to be around. The big debut. Yeah. The big debut, Logan Gilbert, Jared Kalanick. What was the feel walking into T-Mobile Park yesterday? It was pretty cool, man. You know, we, we've been talking about um, on our show. Now, the problem is it, it's just too bad they had the capacity limit because I would have loved to have seen, you know, even this team, you know, right at or under 500, you know, there, there'd still you know be a good amount of you know, just your normal fans. But I was very interested to see, like, how many more would there be because of this debut? And and uh, and Bob and I were talking on our show, Bob, I don't know if you guys have kind of speculated, like, what do you compare this to? I kind of compared it to Boz coming to town, Brian Bosworth, and that's going way back. But, you know, he was, like, super hyped up, and he was just the guy, and everybody, you know, heard his name and, and knew, you know, what it was about. Kelnick, I mean, his this whole thing, like the last three seasons, ever since I, you know, talked to Scott Service in 2018, and he said, "Well, I didn't talk to him. We all did. We all heard from him." And he said, "Jared Kelnick had the best workout I've ever seen." And I'm like, "What? Hold on a minute. Go back. I, I, I want to hear about this workout, man." <laughs> so we haven't really gotten a chance to to see him that much, and just little clips down in Tacoma. You know, last year was at the alternate site, so couldn't really get much of anything on that and he wasn't happy about being there but you know now all of a sudden we get to see this guy and you know and, and the sad part is is you know all the build-up and everything but then he gets out there you know he, he goes over and just looks like one of the guys but the kid's special and it's going to be interesting to watch him you know become a pro but but yeah the hype and everything you know obviously it was it kind of fell flat because of the performance but uh but it was still very cool Still very cool. Now, we got two different debuts and two different type of personalities and approaches. Now, on one end, we have Jared Kellenick, very cocky, um, confident, gets to the plate. You kind of feel that coming from him. And then you have Logan Gilbert, the guy who's kind of like stone cold. If you were a baseball player, which personality would you have? Uh, I'd be more like Logan Gilbert. <laughs> I knew. Yeah, it. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I wished. I wished I had a little bit more confidence. My my confidence came kind of from um, like rage. Like what, when I, you know, when I was confident when I was angry, which was most of the time during my career. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that I that 
I was kind of a guy like I'm going to be the mild mannered quiet guy until you push me. But um, yeah, I was much more sort of, uh, you know, respectful. To, and, and I'll tell you what, the veterans love me for it. And, uh, you know, but I, I wasn't, you know, it wasn't like I was trying to just fit in and not make waves. I wanted to, to play, but I just, it, it's never been in me to be a Kalnick type, which was interesting because, you know, I used to hang around with Boz. And that guy was as brash as could be Brian Bosworth. And, you know, that's that's kind of what you see from Kelnick. You know, we have these stories Bob keeps telling. I guess the one time when Divish was um, interviewing Kelnick, he says, boy, he thought, you know, the Zoom call was over. And Divish goes, boy, I really love that kid. And I guess Kelnick was still on. And he goes, yeah, you do. <laughs> and then you know there was a couple other uh times where he said these cocky little things and i'm like i, I kind of like it man you know yeah. uh baseball players I-, I would say in general not all of them obviously but maybe a little bit more cocky i think football humbles you because you get knocked on your your butt yeah. but um but yeah i i like this kid i I'm, i can't wait to see what happens dave i kind of gravitate towards players whose demeanor was this opposite of mine, right? Because I, I wasn't extremely uh, cocky. And I was obviously confident, but when I see someone being successful doing it completely different the way I did it, I, I just like it. I like enjoying the show. He's going to put he's gonna put butts in the seats. Yeah. No, I agree. And, uh, you know, that's, that, that's the thing. You haven't seen a guy like this in a long time. Um, I'll say this, though. <laughs> Over the long haul, and I want to bring him up because Taylor Trammell, in Tacoma last night, I think went four for five, four yeah. four RBIs. I don't know if you've talked to him, but we talked to him. I love that kid. I mean, he is, you know, he's like what you want. It's the guy you want your daughter bringing home. I mean, just the nicest, you know, cool guy, unselfish, everything. I mean, I, I'll take that personality over Kalnick because I just think it's more, you know, sustainable long-term and things like that. So I, I'll always root for guys like Taylor Trammell a little bit more than Kelnick, but I have to say, I'm kind of, maybe, maybe you're saying the same thing. I'm kind of fascinated by the, the cockiness. Cause I just wasn't that way. Yeah. I like, I think that's the word fascinated by it. Yeah. Cause that's just not <laughs> how we did business. All right. So let's talk about football yeah. now, Dave, we got rookie mini camp coming up um, today, tomorrow, this weekend, honestly. And, what are you looking for? I mean, what? Actually, let me change that question. What was your rookie mini, mini camp like? I mean, I was lost. You know, first of all, <laughs> one of the things I remember, <laughs> Kurt Warner, who was a big deal here. Kurt Warner, the running back, of course. He, uh, he, uh, I was in a one-on-one. Um, we were not in full patches, helmets, and it was a one-on-one coverage deal. And he put a little out-and-up move on me, and I bit on the out move. And I went to like jam him, and I end up catching him right in the throat with my with my right <laughs> thumb, and uh, and he was like, "Rookie, you stupid rookie, this and that," <laughs> jumping all <laughs> over me, and I was like, "Oh man, I just almost hurt our starting running back, who's a Pro Bowler." But but no, he uh, he was just uh, he was. I love Kurt. I mean, he ended up being a good guy, but that was just my first rookie experience that I remember. I just being kind of lost and just trying to sit there and shut up and listen and, and not, you know, make too many waves or anything. And then, you know, just try to get the speed of it and how different it was. I mean, everything was so much more technical, you know, it's like you got to take a six inch step instead of a 12 inch step. And I'm like, what? 
I just go out and play, man. That's I never thought about any of that stuff. So it's it's eye opening and it's a little discouraging, I suppose. But um, but yeah, I mean, I was, you know, my my heart rate was gone, my blood pressure was up. I was excited because you know, like you, man, I dreamed of being in the NFL ever since I was a little kid. All right, now these rookies aren't going to have veterans there. Do you think that's going to help them, or do you think it's going to hurt them? Well, I mean, they'll eventually be around the vets. I mean, I, I think maybe it's a, a good way to kind of slowly break in a little bit, but I don't think we had rookie minicamp. I think it was just minicamp. Um, I don't think we came in as rookies because, well, I know we didn't because, you know, there was only like 10 or 11 rookies, and then they didn't fill in the roster with a whole bunch. I think they're going to have like 27 out there or something like that, I heard, 27, 28 maybe that are going to be out there practicing. So they're bringing guys in. And you think about the Seahawks, like the tremendous expense that they go to, to, you know, bring in all these players and get all these jerseys ready and get all these, you know, helmets and cleats and everything. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch out, out there. And I'll, I'll just be, you know, the guy I really like the most, and maybe it's because we interviewed him, is Trey Brown. And just yeah. the more I look at him, I did a football one-on-one thing on him this week, Bump, where – like in the Big 12 championship game, he's made like game-ending plays in three of them over the last you know three years, and he just he's five ten. He's got he's like a bulldog. Uh, he's really physical, and uh, and we talked to him, and he's just a great kid. So really really excited to see Trey Brown play. All right, he's looking at Trey. I'm looking at Estridge. We're gonna have some yeah, great that was notes guy, for you guys. That right? was my guy, you man. That. Called yeah. and got lucky. I got lucky, just like I do with my wife. Think I would give me a couple rounds of golf right there, Dave. <laughs> hey, Dave, <laughs> I appreciate you taking time out of your day, and I look forward to hearing hearing you later. Okay, Bob. Thanks. All right, have a good talk one. All right, coming up next, I want to talk to y'all again, man. Call in. Let's talk about the Mariners, the Seahawks, whatever you want to do. That's 206-421-3776. That's coming up next right here on the Paul Gallant Show. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to the Paul Gallant Show. No, Paul Gallant. It's me, Michael Bubbles, filling in for my guy. It's time for us to talk again. Holla at your boy, 206-421-3776. We can talk about the Mariners. Talk about Logan Gilbert, Jared Kalanick. We can talk about the Seahawks. Rookie minicamp starts today but i'm gonna go to the text lines i saw a text that was um that was interesting okay we got the 425 says what up bump what up 425 got tickets for last night's game just to see kellenet's debut still exciting and after the first pitch fly out i bet he was like all right bigger than tacoma swing harder as far as the hitting coach issues they were putting the stick on the ball just couldn't put it in play that's partly on good pitching i agree with that now, hitting's been down all across the league. So you can't just say, okay, this is just a Mariners issue. They're the only guys dealing with this. That's just the game right now. A lot of guys are swinging for the fences, so uh, they're not putting the ball in play. So we're just not going to see the hitting that you, you're used to seeing. But at some point, it's the hitting coach and the player combined. they got to meet somewhere and come up with a strategy and a philosophy that's going to allow these young players to get out of the slump and get going. But now we're going to go to the Lions. I got to call Evan from Piala. What's up, Evan? What you got? Hey, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Good. I was calling to uh, talk about the Seahawks, of course. I was just 
getting your opinion on kind of what you think, um, based off of our roster right now and everything, what you think the Seahawks might finish win-loss record uh, for this year. Win-loss. Now, this is interesting because I have to pick an odd number. I've never picked an odd number when it came to the total games, I should say. Um, I think right now I would give them 12 wins. All right, so what is that? Twelve and five. I, I would I would give them I would give them twelve wins. I think they should win the division, but I also think that this division is gonna be tough, man. You got Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Trey Lance, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll see what happens there. And then you just look at the defenses in this league too. As bad as the 49ers were, they still were one of the best defenses in the league. The Rams have one of the best defenses in the league. Towards the end of the season, the Seahawks have one of the best defenses in the league. So we focus on the quarterbacks and that offense, but there are some good defenses in this league. And also a lot of these guys run similar concepts. So I expect these guys, 12 and 5, I think that's a good number to start. And then I think they win this division, but I think it is going to be a tight race. Evan from Puyallup, I appreciate the call, man. All right, let's go back to the text lines. Let's go back to the text lines. Uh, here we go. We got, okay, one guy texted in. It's very long. I'm not going to read it all. It's from the 253. It's from Sean Sat- Sater. Satter, I think his name is. Sorry if I, if I butchered it. He's pretty much saying the same thing that um, the 425 was saying. He's saying, look. At some point, it falls on the hitting coach, but uh, maybe the players are doing what the coaches are asking them to do. They're just not executing, and that's a good point. right? Coaches can coach. They can tell you how to be successful. They can give you some, some tips on your technique, but at the end of the day, the player has to go out there and execute. It's almost like in football. As an offensive coordinator, I can call the worst play in the world. Right, The defense has the perfect front, the perfect coverage out there to stop this play, but sometimes my players just execute better than them. And that, that might might be what's going on with these Mariners right now. Maybe they're doing exactly what these coaches are telling them to do, but they're just not executing. All right, the 253 says, Hey, Bump, do you feel the song Bump by Cottonmouth Kings was your own personal anthem? Anything with Bump in it, I'll take it. I'll take it. You know, when I was in college, they used to play uh, B2K, Bump, 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 when I was doing Pump Returns. At first, I... It's perfect, right? But at first, I didn't like it, Dooley. I'm like, man, B2K. And then I look to my left. I look to my right. The crowd's feeling it. I'm like, okay, I can can do this. Was it just the... I mean, because they were... I guess they were kind of R&B, but they were a little bit boy bandish. Was that what... Was it the group you didn't like? Yeah. Well, I... I don't mind the group, but it just seemed kind of corny, you know. It's yeah. a boy band, and and it's it, I don't know. It just it rubbed me the wrong way. But after a couple of times, and the people like it, I'm like, all right, if the people like it, I'm all for it. I like it. I what like would your walk up song be? My walk up song. You know what? I ah oh man, when I was with when I was growing up, Andre Ethier was a um, baseball player for the Dodgers, went to Arizona State. He used to walk up to Here Comes the Boom by DMX. is like this this reggae song. I used to love that. If I were a baseball player, walk up. Here Comes the Boom all day. All right, let's go back to the text lines. What we got here. Mm-mm-mm. Come on, guys. Give me something. Give me something. So here we go from 253. So Wright or Sherman, who should the Seahawks sign? Man, I got to go KJ at this point. Got to go KJ. And why KJ? Because he's coming off of two of the best seasons he's had in his career. Forget his date of birth. Forget his birth certificate. Throw that out the window. 
Look at the film. This guy can still play. I think he has two or three more good years in him. Uh, you never know with this game, especially in football. You could get injured, knock on wood, things happen. But K.J. Wright's been balling these last couple of years. I'm surprised that he is still available. If he is still available in a month or so, Seahawks take a strong, hard look at this guy. K.J. don't want to leave. He's been here for, what, nine, ten years. His family's here. His his family's grown up here. His daughter just had a 13, I think her 13th birthday the other day. This is where KJ wants to be. I hope they work something out. If I have to choose between Wright and Sherman, I'm going KJ. More duly, I'm going to ask you, KJ Wright or Richard Sherman, who do you want? Oh, yeah, I would have to go KJ. Um, I mean, if you can get Sherman back, I would actually be open to it. I know some fans <laughs> do not like the way that he exited. But I think at this point in their careers, KJ has not dropped off as much. Sherman has just had a lot of injuries recently. I mean, he, he didn't play that much last year. Um, so I just I feel more confident in what KJ can bring. And obviously, he brought a lot last year to the Seahawks. Yes, I agree with you. I'm on the KJ train. All right, where are we going? Let's go to the 360. 360 says, bump. Blair is starting to look like a wasted pick in the second round. They switched positions after one season and now might might not even win the starting nickel that's why people knocked them recently on draft picks hold on first off 360 guy played two games and he got what he tore his acl mcl because somebody ran into him i don't think we saw enough just to kick him to the curb i think i saw enough in the first two weeks to be optimistic about when he gets healthy i think blair's okay i, I i'm not i'm not ready to to hit the dub button when it comes to marquise blair but you're right. They brought guys in. There's going to be competition. Competition is good. Let's not run from competition. I don't think Blair's running from no competition either. He's going to embrace it and do what he does. All right. What else we got? Let's go to the text lines again. Uh, let's say, how do you see this is from the 425? How do you see the Mariner season ending? Wins playoffs. I'm not going to tell you wins. They're going to be below 500. I just think they are. We actually, I know they are. They're going to be below 500. They're not going to make the playoffs, but they are going to give us time or give us moments to cheer, to rejoice, to be optimistic about the future. You know, they're going to give you those moments where you're at T-Mobile Park, and I would say you slap hands with somebody, but we don't do that these days. Give you a fist bump or an elbow bump. They're going to give us those moments, and I think that's what you should focus on this year. Is Gilbert getting better? Is Kelnick uh, making contact with the ball? Is Evan White getting out of his slum? How's Dylan Moore doing? Does JP still have his glove working? Those are the things that you should look at. Don't look at the wins. Don't look at the losses, the playoffs. That, that stuff, if you measure this season off of that, you're going to be highly disappointed. Let's measure this season off of the development of these young men. That's the way that I'm going to look at this season. That's the way that you should look at this season. More duly, what is a successful season for you when it comes to the Mariners before we get out of here? Oh, boy. Um, I think the expectations have lowered a little bit within the last couple weeks for me. I would say um, just just seeing the, the hitting come around for some of these young guys that you know are going to be foundational for your rebuild, like Kyle Lewis, Kelnick, even if they don't get a lot of wins, that would be a successful season for me. Man, me and Morduli, we're on the same page. We're both, we're both on page 15. All right, we're on the same page. We think alike when it comes to those things. Hey, I just want to thank everybody for listening, for tuning in to the Paul Gallant Show. I am Michael Bumpus filling in for him. I will be back on Monday and Tuesday. Make sure you tune in. But coming up next, you have the Jake and Stacy Show, and you got to treat the legend. The Graz will be filling in for Stacy, I believe. That's coming up next right here on 710 ESPN. Have a good one, guys.